Thank you for joining me on another episode of Mum in Training, where we talk all things in the remit of parenthood. If you are a first-time listener, please follow the podcast and Instagram. Both are Mum in Training. If you want to email and get in contact with us and ask us any questions or give any advice, the email address is mumintraining838 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. The show is broadcast every other Sunday until we hit 500 followers. Then we'll have to up the ante and have weekly chats. Um, if we're lucky enough to hit 2,000 followers, we'll start a vlog if you want to see my face. <laughs> if not, let me know. You know, it's not set in stone. Thanks to our day one listeners. Keep listening, asking questions and giving advice. We really appreciate it. Now that's all said, let's get into today's show. Hey guys. So we have got part two of a very special 40 questions created by Adoption.UK. So thank you so much, Adoption.UK or Adoption UK for creating these questions. I'm super excited to dive right in. I mean, you guys came up with the questions and so I'm going to do my best to answer them as honestly as possible because, you know, otherwise what's the point in doing it? (laughs) So we ended on question 20 which was questions to ask the foster carer. That was a big old question. Um, yeah, and there were there was loads of stuff that I gave you in there. I haven't really come up with anything else. So let's move into question 21. Let's see. So question 21. Questions to ask schools, new starters or transitioning. So this is really cool because I actually just had a conversation with one of my adoption friends about his little girl who is going into nursery and kind of what he should ask the nursery or what he should be prepared for. Um, So let's find that convo. Um, And oh, so yeah, nap time. Uh, definitely speak to them about nap time. If your school's, if your school, if your child is going in full time, uh, like a full day, sorry, not full time. If they're going in for a full day, what does nap time look like? How long do they get? Is it straight after lunch? Um, Do they get woken up? Are they left to sleep until they wake up naturally themselves? Um, and like you have a say in this remember this is your child so you have a say in this so if there's something that they've said that you're not really happy with definitely challenge them on it or talk to them about it maybe challenge is too strong but talk to them about it um try and find a middle ground that suits both of you um is a is definitely what you want i guess when talking about when talking to the school Uh, or the nursery, maybe getting pictures of what the room looks like so that you can um, give your kind of, so you can prep your child for what the room looks like and what they might be doing in the room. Uh, The prince has like, in his nursery room, there's uh, 
a little living room area and a kitchen area so we could say to them, oh, you can do some cooking in this area or um, you can sit down with your friends and have like a little cup of tea. So um, kind of getting their imaginations around what happens, what their room looks like and what happens in each of those spaces as well. So asking them for pictures of indoor and outdoor spaces that they have to prep your child is a really good one. Also um, pictures of the nursery nurses that are gonna be in your child's room uh, with their names attached, because that's a really way, a good way, again, of prepping your child for who they're going to see, uh, who they're going to meet on the days that they're at nursery. So those are really good. The nursery also usually asks for pictures of the family, generally immediate family, so that they can put them in your child's folder, maybe just having a bit of a think about what those pictures look like, what pictures you'd like to have in there um, is is really good. Yeah, what else is there? Ooh, top tier, top tip from me, for me, would have been nurseries have indoor and outdoor shoes. Not being new parents and new to all of this stuff, um, all of this indoor, outdoor shoe business, we bought trainers because that's what he wears, um, not all the time, but like soft trainers so that when he's indoors, he's almost kind of like slippers. And my cousin pointed out that they don't need to be trainers. That he could wear um, clogs. I was like, really? So obviously being me, I messaged the nursery. I was like, a clog's all right for indoor shoes. And they were like, absolutely. So top tier, top tip, Primark, four pound pair of clogs. Super easy, super cheap super comfortable, like, that's it. Cheap, cheerful, comfortable, that's all you need. Plus, when they come back home, if you've got children that are younger or nieces or nephews, or just people that you know, that you can pass them down to, they're super easy to clean. Chuck them in the washing machine or chuck them in the bath, shower them down, they're as clean as the day that you bought them. Whereas the trainers, every single crevice of the trainers has got food, or paint, or God knows what else has been chucked over those trainers. So yeah, clogs, top tier, top tip from me, for sure. Uh, Finding out who their key worker is. They might not know who the key worker is going to be straight away, um, but as soon as they do, you want to know, and you definitely want to get to know the key worker, or not get to know them, like, oh, what's your favourite chocolate? But um, who they are, what their name is, how can you contact them? How often do you get an email? That kind of stuff. Uh, those are really good things to, to know. And also, if your child is talking and they're talking about this person constantly, you want to know who this person is. And it's generally going to be their key worker. So that's really good. Uh, that's a really good one to know. And generally, just enjoy the time as well. I think that we didn't, en- I didn't enjoy it as much. Like, I think I was, and you will be, super nervous. So I think I was more nervous for him doing something new than I was excited for him doing something new. So yeah, enjoy it for sure. Uh, Questions to ask schools in regards to support. So we didn't really have support. We spoke to them about the fact that he's adopted, not all of them. His key worker, I suppose the owner of his nursery spoke to his key worker and we had that conversation about the fact that he's adopted and that was really good because then when it came to things like 
uh, Father's Day, for instance, his key worker spoke to us about what we would like to happen, which was really nice. It was something that we maybe didn't think of because although we thought of Father's Day for our own fathers, we didn't, we're two women. So Father's Day was spoken to spoken about to us and we said please do go ahead make sure he is involved so they did they created a card um, but instead of writing anything in it they left it blank which was really lovely so on father's day we done something with the prince filled in the card and that will stay in his keepsake box and we'll do that every year um making sure that he is absolutely not left out of any activities to do with around father's day um, and I'm sure that there's going to be much more like family trees and things like that. And how do we go about that? Um, that we're going to have to get support from the school with. Uh, but for now, that's been the only thing that we've really needed to talk about that needed to be spoken about. So, yeah. What I wish I'd known, all of the things that I just said, uh, the top tier top tip is definitely one of them. Uh, the clogs, because we spend an awful lot of money on these kilt, not not that we begrudge it in any way, but we've got nappies, we've got wipes, and then when they start potty training, we've got pull-up pants and all of the washing that we do um, with their clothes and their PJs and so on and so forth. That I think that where we can save money and where it makes sense to save money, we should be because I mean we still want to go to the zoo and we still want to go to theme parks and do all of those really fun things that also cost money. So actually, if we can save £20 on a pair of trainers uh, and instead, you know, make it £4 and have that extra £16 to go and do something fun, then, yeah, we definitely want to do that. So that, I think that that's something that I wish I'd known earlier because we're three trainers in now, guys. This boy grows like nobody's business. Best support ever. Um, Best supporting act goes to the wife. Of course, she is the biggest support I have. I do have um, super, super good friends that are also really, I couldn't, could not think of life without these people. Life would not be the same. Life would not be it for me without these people. But biggest support, best, best support goes to the wife for sure. I mean, she's there all the time. She sees me on the good days, the bad days, the days when I, I want to literally pull my hair out, days that I want to sleep and I can't. She sees it all um, and she hears, well, she maybe not hears about it all, but she definitely sees it all and she definitely feels it with me. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not alone. Oh, gets me a little bit emotional, that. I'm not, I'm definitely, yeah. Not alone. Oh, a few good people. Hmm. The Instagram accounts you can't live without. Uh, I feel like this is a bit of a sneaky one, but definitely adoption.uk. Can't live without them. They have some, I mean, this is awesome, right? The 40 questions on adoption. This is just brilliant and definitely helped out with today's podcast and last week's podcast, uh, two weeks ago's podcast. Um... So, and they have some really awesome quotes as well that you can just read and 
will just kind of sit in the back of your mind. They have some really great um, stats that you can get from there as well uh, that kind of just give you knowledge, I guess. Knowledge is power, so this that's really awesome. Um, I think there's uh, Two Gay Dads, uh, quite funny, give you some good information as well. On Twitter, there's um, Dads in Training, which I was a little bit gel. Uh, not jealous, which I was a little bit like, um, I'm mum in training um, at first, but they had, they kind of just talk about, similar to, to what I do, talk about kind of what they're going through with adoption. And they're right at the beginning of their adoption journey. So it's quite sweet to kind of see how life's progressing for them. That's quite nice. Um, and I guess lastly, LBGTQ mummies is really good as well. Um, I don't really get information from them as such. What I get from that um, account is pictures of two women together raising children, which is nice because it's not really in mainstream media um, often uh, and definitely not in, in the things that I... I'm seeing anyway and it's nice to see yourself encapsulated in images through other people's eyes uh, because I think definitely when we first started talking about adoption the two of us I definitely not seen black women in same-sex relationships and I and it was always something that was kind of like what does this look like when we're older what do we look like what does this feel like is this even happening are we the first people to do this of course we're not because we're not the first to do anything and it wasn't until we went to Black Pride UK that I actually for the very first time saw two black women they were probably late 40s in a loving relationship and had been for years and had children as well that was the very first time that I saw it and thought, oh, it's out there and this is what it looks like. So visually seeing that for me on the LBGTQ mummies is is lovely. It's really, uh, it helps. It helps to visually see myself in, through other people's eyes or, or what we look like through other people's eyes. My or our best support ever is, um, again, I'm going to go back to each other. I'm going to say each other for, for our best support ever. We, we see it all, don't we, really? We see it all and we help each other through it. We're each other's support. We're each other's... We tell each other how it is when we need to. We prop each other up when we need to. We're each other's rocks when we need to be and when we when we don't and when we just need comfort and covers with each other's duvet yeah when when we're tired in the middle of the night <laughs> whoever's the le- the least tired will get up and get the boy we're each other's advocates we're each other's cheerleaders and we're also each other's you know you fucked up I wish our child's school would. So this is the one that I missed out. So if you are following, don't worry, I've got back to it. Uh, I wish our child's school would provide us with more pictures of him. <laughs> I love seeing pictures of this kid, like, in his element, like, in his nursery, doing what, like, in his classes. At the moment with COVID, everything is kind of still locked down-ish with nurseries because 
I mean, they just want to make sure that they can stay open. So we would have been able to go into what they call a gallery and be able to kind of look through a glass to see what our child's doing on a chosen, any chosen day, any given day. But we can't do that currently. So I don't know what play looks like to him. I don't know who he interacts with at nursery. I don't know who his friends are. So that's something I find quite difficult because I would love to be able to just kind of watch what he's doing through through the glass, so to speak. Yeah, so I would love to be able to do that. And hopefully when once the nursery opens up a little bit more, we will be able to do that. But until then, getting some pictures of what he does throughout the day would be really nice. We have started to get pictures, which is nice, but we didn't in the beginning. So that would be definitely something I'd like more of. How did you mentally prepare for adoption? Oh, no, this seems like a little bit of a repeat. But for us, we went through, our journey was very long to becoming parents, five years deep. And we, on that journey, also lost a child, um, which was very traumatic and very it changed it changes you it 100% changes you and so we both went to therapy separate therapists separate everything very different at, at different times as well but I think if we hadn't have done that we wouldn't have been set up and ready to have moved on to the next step or maybe even just moved on in all honesty so, yeah, definitely going to speak to somebody about how we're feeling and what we're going through. I do think that therapy is something that everybody should should have. I think with adoption, it would be great if we could have it every six weeks. Kind of like the, the support that you get from your social workers, in inverted commas, support. Uh, yeah, we should get that support via other means as well, like talking to somebody that's completely outside of our circle. But, I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're stretched, so that, that would be difficult, I guess. How did you decide to parent? Oh, how did we decide to parent? I feel like we had, we have had this conversation on how we decided to parent. And I think that that has changed. I know. <laughs> I know that that has changed. We definitely wanted to be those parents that don't really shout or use the word no so the shouting has continued we're, we're quite good at not shouting we're very good at not shouting unless it's danger so like when he goes near to the the cooker we can't really it's not something that we can hide or the dishwasher um that when on could be quite dangerous um or like near a road things like that i mean even then we try not to shout uh, but the words no, not so much. We didn't want to say no because it's such a, it's a, such a dead word. There's kind of nothing in it. It doesn't give you any background, any understanding. It's just a word. It's kind of blah. So we wanted to try and not say that. But actually, when you're in the moment, that's what comes to you. Because I don't know why. So that that hasn't worked so well. We st- we're, we're still trying on that on that count but the parents that we thought that we were going to be are not the parents that we are today and the parents that we are today they're not going to be the parents that we are next week or maybe next week but next month and that's due to our parent in style is 
to parent our child and he is he is changing rapidly he's changing month on month and so we need to be able to flow and be able to change with him so in that way we don't have a parenting style our style is parent our child and that and that I think that for us that's probably like the best scenario the best solution mm-hmm that was a really good question. I may ask her actually how she thinks we parent him uh, and, and maybe come back to that question one day. What do you do when things are tough? No, oh, what do you do when things are tough? Uh, talk. Uh, we are very big on talking uh, in this family. So we will talk. Yeah, sometimes the talking is loud. <laughs> but we, we're definitely still talking. Sometimes it's not resolved in, in an instant. Sometimes it is. Uh, yeah, we talk, I guess. And we try to have to have space and time for ourselves as well so that things don't get too tough we try to have our things that we like individually and we do those so that we don't get to the points where it's so tough that we can't get past it or we can't talk about it or see each other's points of view uh, which sometimes you can't see the other person's point of view or you just it's being said in a way that you don't understand but understanding that it's being said in a way that doesn't make sense to you is all part of the relationship right it's all part of being married and trying to understand each other so yeah what do you wish you could tell your younger self Woof, so much uh, but two standout things come to mind one Marriage is not everything. I had a notion when I was younger that has since been popped that I had to get married, buy a house, have children. And I have been very lucky to meet somebody who understands that and who has absolutely given me that in that order. Um with years of persuasion may I add but <laughs> it happened and you know it happened with all the love in her heart for me uh, and from each other for for our family but to if I had it to do again if I had chance to speak to my younger self I would tell her that marriage is not everything you spend money on it to give people a great day and your experience, although like the build up to it was beautiful, it was stressful. Um, the day itself was stressful because, you know, people that I wanted to be there, people that mean the most to me in the world, um, weren't there for one reason, or, well, not for one reason or another, because I was marrying a woman. Um, again, yet yeah, didn't think that I was going to marry a woman, so... There was, there was that as well. So I still had this notion that I wanted to be married, but I'm now marrying somebody that I didn't even, that wasn't even a part of the dream. 
So sometimes your dream has to change for the life that you are currently living. Sometimes things that you thought were going to be your life can't be. Like, don't stay stuck in what you wanted to have because it could prohibit what you could have. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely one thing. And the other thing that is really important to me now that I didn't realise then, and it's still really difficult, is being honest. Like, be honest, be truthful to yourself, be honest with yourself and be honest with the people around you. It's still something that I find super, super difficult um, because with honesty comes a level of probably, if it's something you're being honest about that is that you're finding difficult to be honest about, then it's going to hurt the other person. And that's like, you never want to hurt people that you love. Um, but honesty is definitely the best policy. Like you hurt them, they might be hurt for 10 minutes, they might be hurt for 10 years, but you were honest with yourself and therefore like that person, although may not realise it now, it's, it's the best thing for the situation um, in the long run. And do you know what I've, I have been honest in the past and in years later been like, oh, if only I hadn't, but I was honest with myself at the time. And, and so I have to love it. I have to love myself for that. Um, so yeah, definitely being honest and marriage is not the be all and end all man. Like a house is so much more than the piece of paper that marriage is. Um, but it's still beautiful. And maybe we'd have a ceremony of some type to say that, I give myself to you and you give yourself to me and that's it. But, or, or just had a party. Like, this is us. This is our coming out. This is our being together. Maybe not spent so much money and uh, put that into the house because actually the house is at what is going to keep us together and the, and the kid more than the marriage, I think. But, I mean, different strokes for different folks. And I'm glad that we've done it. <laughs> What worries you about the future? Um, what worries me is, is that the prince might feel pain or, or or some type of rejection or, you know, some type of trauma about the loss of his birth parents. And um, not so much as foster care because she's still in his life, but like that whole year that wasn't spent with us, what happened and she, like I said she's in our life so he will be able to speak to her about it but he still might it still might be traumatic to think that that happened so that worries me about the future how how will we deal with it what place will we be in separately and uh and together to be able to deal with it if it does arise how will he deal with it will he ask so many things actually Will he go searching for his birth parents is another big one. How will he do that? Will he feel like we're open enough parents to talk to us about it? Will he want our help? Will he want to do it on his own? So many things worry me about the future, but I'm going to be here to help you with those things. Hopefully I'm going to be here. I suppose death as well. When you have a child, death worries you. I'm not, I don't, death isn't something that has ever worried me um, until now, I guess. Yeah, like I want to be here for him. What excites me about the future? All of the above. That he's going to be able to come to us and ask us and say to us, I want to know who my birth parents are. I want to go and find them. That he feels comfortable enough to do that. 
that I am going to be here to watch him grow, to watch him go to school, to watch him choose his GCSE subjects, if we still have them when he goes to high school, to watch him choose a sport that he likes, to watch him have his girl, first girlfriend or boyfriend, first heartbreak, first love, all of that, that super excites me. And to see what my life looks like as well. Like, am I still here? Are we still living in London? Have we moved out? Are we are we a good couple? <laughs> um, what have we decided for our lives as well? All of that excites me about, yeah, what about the future. If you could change one thing in the world to help your child, what would it be? Automatically, my brain goes to, I'd want to change his trauma. But if I changed his trauma, I would change his life. And I don't think that that's right. I I think that we all go through traumatic times and he has to go through traumatic times. Just so happened that his trauma started earlier in life than than any parent would want it to start. Uh, and that I would love to change, but I know that without it, he wouldn't be the person that he is now or the person that he's going to grow up to be, which is hopefully a beautiful, spirited young man. So in answer to that question, I, there's right now, as of today, there is nothing that I would change for him in this world. Oh, wait, the question's asking about in this world. Oh, that's different. Mm. So still agree with what I said, but in this world, that there was more recycling, that recycling was easier. Um, and that people understood it as well. I go to my recycling and there's boxes in the, like cardboard boxes in the plastic and plastic in the cardboard. I think that I wish it was easier. It was um, more that companies done more to help people understand what is plastic and what isn't plastic. Um, that would be really good. Or yeah, that would be really good. I'd like that. And how to get rid of oil. Why is it so difficult to get rid of oil? We don't use much oil, but when we do, we try to put it in a container. But then where do you go with it? There's no information. That really annoys me. So that would be... <laughs> it seems so trivial to speak about it. But it's true. That would be really helpful. Like, you don't want to put it into the earth. But where do you put used oil? Gosh, that really bugs me. So I'd like to know where that is. And that would be something that would be helpful in the world. I think... Um, Maybe with an education like free university so that they don't have this thing hanging over their heads that's constantly being paid for. Finished university in 2006, we're in 2021 and I'm still paying off for this crap. Like what? So, um, yeah, well, just a different way of paying off for it, I think, would be good. And I hope that they keep apprenticeships I hope by the time he's ready to go to school, there's still apprenticeships um, going on. Because I want him to be able to have a wide choice. Like, not university doesn't have to be the only avenue. Oh, how do I, I guess, how do I ensure our child feels loved and appreciated? And then it says by. So by myself, I don't think there's an hour that goes by, apart from when it's not with us, that he doesn't get, like, kisses. Oh, oh, his mummy. Oh, every twenty minutes, she can't, she cannot go a moment without getting a kiss from her son. 
at all. It's uh, constant, to say the least, the kissing. Um, so, yeah, he gets words of affirmation to him. He gets words of affirmation for himself that he can look in. He looks in the mirror constantly, kisses himself. We affirm that he should be doing that. Words of affirmation in the morning, in the night time, to him and for him. Kisses and hugs throughout the day whenever he wants them. Or whenever we need them as well. So yeah, he the love that he gets is undeniable. And I think that we can see that he knows it and understands it. Because he does it with the people that he loves as well. Um, with his grand, his great grand, his grandma, his cousins. He's hugging and kissing them all the time. So yeah, he definitely gets love and accepts it and understands it, I think. For his, for his age anyway. So yeah, he, we... He has a lot of that. How do you deal with difficult or inappropriate questions from others? So when it comes to inappropriate questions, which I have had, like, oh, where's his mum from? Hello, you're speaking to her. So I felt that that's inappropriate. And my inappropriate questions are maybe different to other people's. Maybe if... um an adopted, uh, two adopted dads had that question, they might feel differently to it, because I suppose if it was a question that was about um, his his birth dad, I might have acted differently. But I think it's about having a conversation, because not everybody knows that that's inappropriate. They don't get it, because they've maybe had birth children and maybe never known anybody that's been adopted, or has adopted a child either. So don't understand that that's a question that's not something to ask. And so having a discussion a discussion about it or telling them that's not a question that I find appropriate. Uh, and these are the reasons. I think that that's the biggest thing, not to just say, well, that's rude or I don't like that question, so I'm not answering it, but actually give understanding as to why it's rude. But education is key when it comes to inappropriate questions. Not everybody understands that their question is inappropriate. They feel like they're just asking a question that deserves an answer. And not all questions are are good questions. But, no, that's a lie. All questions are good questions as long as the answer that they're getting is a good answer that answers it fully. So, yeah, that's how I I have dealt with it in the past. Uh, Don't get me wrong, my blood was boiling at the time but we had a discussion and I think that she got it and whether she did or she didn't it's inappropriate for me and so understand that if nothing else um how do you deal with difficult questions from your children oh um I don't know how I will deal with it at the moment he is too young to uh, and doesn't have enough words to formulate questions so I'm not really sure how how we will deal with it. Um, when we do need to deal with it, come back and I will let you know how it went, good, bad or indifferent. Um, how do you find contact? We have been quite, uh, I don't know if lucky is the right word, actually. We've just not had to deal with contact. Um, his foster carer had to deal with contact. So when he came home, there was none. However, we definitely would like there to be contact. He has siblings and we would love for him to meet and know them. Uh, But what that looks like, we don't know. Hopefully it's more than letterbox contact. But if there is only letterbox contact, 
then that's what we'll do. For those of you that don't know what letterbox contact is, it's you literally write a letter, you send it to um, his social worker or the, the letterbox group of people, and they then forward that on to whoever it is that you're keeping in contact with, whether it be siblings, half or full siblings, or birth parents, it could be um, paternal grandmothers, or grandfathers, it could be paternal aunts, uncles, or maternal, all the same, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Um, it gets forwarded on, and then they write a letter back, and it gets sent to you, or to you, to your child, for you to read to your child. So that's kind of the minimum, and that it can happen once a year, it can happen every six months, it's kind of down to the individual's. Um, how they want that to happen, but we would love more than that for him, um, if possible, but if that's what we get, then that's what we'll be doing. Um, what support is there in general for teens and or their parents? So I'm going to say that this is teenagers and their adoptive parents, um, and because our boy is still a, he's not even two yet, this question kind of doesn't apply to me right now. However, there is a group called We Are Family that help with everything adoption, kind of your um, go to maybe before or after your social worker at the same time that have loads of questions. They have seminars that you can go to and listen to what other people's thoughts and feelings are on adoption. Um, they have, and this is again for both adoptees and adopters. So, it, so it's really good in that aspect. They have courses that you can take that will help to um, build a relationship between you and your child. Um, if you are maybe worried about that, um, give advice, uh, understanding. So they're a really good group to become a part of. Um, and they are they're quite a secure group as well. So you can only get in if you have adopted or you are an adoptee. Um, and they do ask for information from your social worker to make sure that that is like, it's all above board. There's no kind of uh, people getting in for other reasons other than to be great. Um, parents uh, or chill or 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 getting help sorry from a group of people that will understand them so yeah that's a really good uh, group to go to um, also Adoption UK have loads of information as well uh, and they're ready on hand to guide you if they can with any information oh geez this came around quick question 40 people we are here we are the light is at the end of the tunnel. Uh, how, how do you prepare a sibling for a new brother or sister? Great question. And as I've said, our prince does have other siblings. As I've said, our prince does have other siblings. And one of them is younger than him. We um, got some advice from friends and family and I suppose using my parents, my mum's experience, she was pregnant. She was visibly pregnant with my sister and I was able to touch my, her stomach and talk to her. That's an impossibility for us and it would be super inappropriate for me to put a 
pillow in my tummy and be like, talk to, talk to the pillow. So what we done is, uh, my cousin said that, like, get a doll, dress it up, give it a name, and let him like feed the doll with a little bottle, and um, understand that it's a baby, call it by its name. If there is a possibility of getting pictures of the sibling, then definitely having the pictures up um, in easy to access places. Um, in the bedroom or in your front room, if you sp- if your child spends more time there, speaking about the sibling, using the sibling's name, all of those things are things that will definitely help get your child ready for a sibling. If you are, if that's where you are, yeah, that's kind of that's what we've done. So I can only go by what we've done and what we've kind of researched on how to do it. And that, folks, is your 40 questions on adoption. That felt really good. Um, I hope that there was some, like, little nuggets of information that I could help with there. Or that I could... I hope there were some nuggets of information that you got out of that. Um, There was definitely some stuff for me. So thank you again, Adoption UK, for providing these questions. They're really awesome questions and I'm sure they went all over the globe to get them. But it would be really awesome to speak to some adopters out there that, or even adoptees, because I feel like I probably have questions that I don't know myself uh, and a conversation could definitely bring that out. So I would love to hear from anybody who is an adopter or an adoptee that wants to come and have a chat. You may have skipped past the introduction and got straight into the good stuff. And so I'm going to tell you here and now, hit me up on mumintraining38 at gmail.com if you want to kind of have a conversation over the Gmail. But if you want to hit me up on my DM, slide in, people, slide in and have a talk with me. My Insta is the same, mumintraining38. Really looking forward to hearing from you guys. Would love to have some conversations and really delve into topics that I've not had a chance to because maybe I just haven't thought of them and get to know some of you guys. It's good to have bigger support network, uh, more people to talk to. And yeah, definitely looking forward to hearing from some of you very soon. But for now, remember, we are in training. And training takes a long time. So let's build on what we've got. Let's make sure that our blocks are tight and firm together. And hold each other's hands and get through this. I got you and I hope that you got me. 